home building collapsed in April. Millions of Americans aren't paying their mortgages. And several segments of the economy have been reopened. But some may not reopen again. What has that all done to the housing industry? I want to address all that and more on this episode of The Andre Segovia Show. This is The Andre Segovia Show. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the program. This is generally where I do the news roundup since it's the first episode of the month, but I'm doing a different approach to it. This is my most experimented on uh, episode or segment of the program, and I want to do things a little differently because I am incorporating video. Normally, I wouldn't, so if you're listening on the audio podcast, you're hearing this as soon as this is going up on YouTube and Facebook, so you're not getting any different information. It just so happens that I'm now plastering the information on the videos. Before diving into any of the news articles I have for the news roundup, um, I want to uh, first address to you that if you missed out on it, for those of you that like and follow on Facebook, you would have seen this first. I have done exclusive content for Facebook first. That doesn't mean it's not appearing in the other sections. It is coming to the main show and it has uh, made some, some of it has made its way over to YouTube. But I've done exclusive things for my Facebook community because they've been there asking questions. They've been active. So I figured, you know what, why don't I provide certain things to them first? And that was in the form of trying to explain what this whole rent freeze is, especially here in California and most localized in Los Angeles, what it all meant and what these lockdown extensions are ultimately doing. And on top of that, also to the homeowner and property owners, what then does the mortgage uh, forbearance man. I did do an episode on that, but I wanted to clarify things as to there's been more information that's come across in the past two months during this lockdown period that has come to light as to what effects those forbearance have had on individuals that have utilized it. So if you want to stay in the know, what you should, you should be liking and following my Facebook. It's the hub of everything where I put almost everything there. Of course, the website is where the main show lives and any video that's over there does make its way over to the Andres Segovia show. It's just that there's a lot more content on the main program on www.theandrasagova.com and with the wall finally going up again uh, for off the record uh, please consider creating an account so you can access the exclusive shows and exclusive content that you can only find on my website anyway having said all that I want to finally dive into the news roundup the news roundup for the month of May I didn't really do one for the month of April just because my goodness there really wasn't any change to things Um, there's been a lot of things that have gone on in the month of April there's been a lot more clarity as to what effect it has had but the number one question that I've had is is it the right time to sell is it the right time to buy is it the right time to even trade? I want to address that. And I will be touching on some of the subjects about this in uh, the new segment that I, or the segment that I rebranded called Setting the Record Straight. So stay tuned for that. It's coming at the end of the news roundup. But first off and foremost, I wanted to start with, I oh, checked out my book, um, but I wanted to start with this one from Yahoo News. So we're diving into the news already. This one is about the U.S. home building collapsing 30% in April amid this pandemic, which is not really a surprise because as the article goes on to say, construction of new homes plunged over 30% in April from the previous month of March amid the widespread U.S. lockdowns. Duh, nobody could go out and do anything. The collapse to just 897,000 units put the annual rate of housing starts at 29.7% below the same month of 2019, the Commerce Department reported. The Northeast was taking the hardest hit, a 44% drop in construction starts. 
Let me get to the building of multifamily housing saw the most severe impact in most regions. Meanwhile, permits for new construction, which in normal times is a sign of demand in the pipeline, fell 20.8% compared to March. Of course, these are not normal times. Um, housing is a critical sector of the U.S. economy and demand was high before the crisis, giving low mortgage lending rates and builders were struggling to keep up with demand while prices were moving higher. Since the pandemic hit, the Federal Reserve has slashed the benchmark interest rate to zero, which could be expected to help support home buying. But with this, when this article came out, it said 30 million lost jobs. As of today, there's at least 40 million lost jobs to the pandemic and hopefully some of those are temporarily so the outlook again remains uncertain which that also leads into this other one which then i'll expand on some commentary this other one from market watch which I actually touched on uh and i'll tell you in a bit over four million americans are now skipping their mortgage payments and this is for uh the for the month of the month of may what would it mean for the month of june i don't know but what i can tell you is that i've dedicated an entire episode to just forbearance um, and you can get an early look at it on facebook it's a presentation or slideshow i'm talking directly to you it's not in any of the formats that you probably see me do my show for, but I recommend that you go there to see it all break down. And if you find yourself in a in position that you haven't been able to recover economically, you might want to go to that. I'm going to leave those links. If you're watching on YouTube, it'll be in the video description down below so you can follow to find these links on Facebook. If you're watching this on Facebook, just scroll down and you'll find it. And if you're on my my show notes at the www.dangerousagover.com, it'll be embedded in the post there. So make it a little bit easier for you to track down this information. I'm not going to expand more on this one. I'm just pointing out that we're former Americans had skipped out on their more mortgage payments and a lot of them could have paid their mortgages and chose not to and some of them are realizing that they made a mistake okay so this other one goes into trying to answer the question is it the right time to buy it's kind of like playing chicken where you know two vehicles are speeding at one another whatever kind of vehicles they would be and see who's gonna blink first at the last minute uh that's basically what this is because loaded with cash real estate buyers wait for sellers to crack this is from bloomberg uh, let's see. Sellers are currently willing to concede discounts of around 5% while bidders are hoping for about 20% off pre-pandemic prices, said Charles Hewlett, Managing Director of RCLCO Real Estate Advisors. The estimated gap, which is likely wider in specific cases, has put a freeze on deals. Uh, I should do some expanded commentary about this because I've seen this firsthand. Um, I was involved in a transaction that uh, that was completed. I was involved in the construction side of things. And we finished it right before the lockdown. Lockdown happened one week later. I was surprised the property was an escrow. But it wasn't an escrow for the price that I thought it was. Uh, it went into escrow. And it's Huntington Beach in California. So it's not some kind of cheap area. It's an expensive area. The seller conceded $100,000 off. Holy smokes, that was a lot. I thought that was a joke. I'm like, I don't think the seller's going to go for it. But with all the uncertainty, the seller went for it. But that was the only time I saw a price be negotiated down. And that was at the beginning of the lockdown. Ever since then, every single project and property I've been involved with has been a bidding war. And in fact, just before I started recording this, uh, just the day before, I received a, a communication from my sister-in-law asking if I if I might know some deals down the pipeline or anything that's available for friends of hers that have been having a hard time buying in her area because they keep getting outbid and they're losing hope. And if they can't find a property that they keep, they keep getting outbidded on, they're considering moving out of the state. I'm like, holy smokes. And the reasoning for why they kept getting outbid, 
Everywhere they placed an offer, they were getting outbidded with cash buyers, folks. So this is what we're talking about. There are people that are loaded with cash called the opportunists, the opportunist buyers waiting for the sellers to crack. Meanwhile, here in California, which is its own industry, we have a situation where we have cash buyers out there buying. Why would you buy in cash now instead of taking advantage of what is called leveraging a historically low mortgage rate? Those that know, know. So there you have it. Um, No, it's there have been several factors that have affected being able to show houses and things. Um, but I'll get to, I, I want to save that for the, the, the end of the, uh, of the commentary, um, at the end of this episode to explain the next part about what's going on, particularly here in California, but let's go on to the next one this is from CNBC. The weekly mortgage applications point to a remarkable recovery in home buying. What is this? You might be asking recovery in home buying already. Yeah, you're reading it right. Purchase volume was just 1.5% lower than a year ago. A rather stunning recovery from just over a month ago when purchase volume was down 35%. So when taking that into account, if we were expected to see at least a 35% drop this past month, instead, it came back at least 33%. During the lockdown, folks. During the lockdown, mortgage applications to purchase a home rose 6% from the previous week, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. And per my MO, every single article that I'm referencing here will be linked at the show notes at www.theandrasegova.com. Look for this episode. All the resources will be there so you can read this for yourself. So mortgage applications are coming back. And that's stunning, For again, which I'll save to the end. This one's also a bit of a teaser. Environmental justice in the city of Anaheim, uh, city of Santa Ana general plan. This one is an episode in of it itself. Okay. But I will tell you about this briefly because I need an entire episode to address what this is entirely. This is something localized for the city of Santa Ana, but it's something that will be implemented throughout multiple cities or all cities that haven't already done so in the state of California. And I have a lot to say about this, particularly in the negative for why it will negatively affect any recovery due to COVID, because this is something that's been in the works for about four years with SB 1000, Senate Bill 1000 that was passed uh, in 2016. And it requires environmental justice to be incorporated into the general plan of any city. A general plan tends to be the master plan of how to address the infrastructure, the economy, um, the, the demographics and the education of the city and how to plan it out to improve it over time. So they want to include environmental justice. Environmental justice is, uh, where is it? Environmental justice seeks to correct the inequity, such as a disproportionate burden of pollution and associated health risks by reducing pollution and increasing public investments in these communities that are considered an environmental justice community, uh, while also ensuring their input is considered in decisions that affect them. This Again, I will talk about it in its own episode, so to tease, so stay tuned for that. Like, share, and subscribe, stay in the know. This part, now we're entering, this one I believe is from the Wall Street Journal. I hope I'm not citing it wrong, because I can't really see the citation here on my uh, thingy too. Just let me get this right before I move on. Uh, yep, it is the Wall Street Journal. Uh, for economy, worst of coronavirus shutdowns may be over. Recovery, air travel, uh, hotel bookings, and mortgage applications are among the early signs the U.S. economy is slowly creeping back to life. Now, 
yes, of course, uh, because we're reopening the economy. That's what it means. Um, but not every state is open or in some states, not every metro- metropolitan area is open. So we're going to see just how much of that will contribute to some form of economy and re- a recovery. And right now, it's much too early to tell. But the most important factor in all this is housing. So that's the one we're going to be keeping an eye on, of course. All right, so on to the next one, which kind of jumps and builds off this one. This is from Fox Business. Fewer Americans having coronavirus-related mortgage payment problems. The share of homeowners, let me scroll down a bit for you, the viewer, uh, from forbearance plans increased to 8.36% as of May 17th, according to new data from the Mortgage Bankers Association, up from 8.16% the prior week. Job losses, however, appear to be hitting um, the Federal Housing Administration and veteran affairs borrowers harder than others as the share of Guinea-made loans in forbearance rose to 11.6%, the data showed. Uh, this one uh, it needs to be updated. It showed at uh, about 38.6 million Americans have filed for unemployment. Nope, it's now over 40. So as previously reported by Fox Business, about 3.6 million homeowners were past due on mortgage payments as of the end of April, according to data from the Black Knight, from Black Knight, which is the largest amount since January 2015. The national delinquency rate reached 6.4%, up almost double from March, and the largest monthly increase ever recorded. These numbers, however, include people who have forbearance plans. Meanwhile, a survey showed that the majority of people who requested forbearance plans may not have needed Two, the majority of people. And that's the problem that I try to address in my forbearance episode, which, again, I suggest you go look to instead of me recapping almost everything in this one, or else this is going to be a very long episode. So look to that one uh, to really dive into what, if you can pay your mortgage, why you should be paying for your mortgage. And if you really need help, I put the resources on how you can get help or the options for resources there in that episode, which is exclusively on Facebook, but we're making the audio presentation on this episode after this one airs or the following week. All right, so now we're winding down. We're getting to the last three stories that I want to cover. This one's interesting. This one's uh, an opinion editorial on the New York Post. Um, I'm not going to read through it all, but I will get to the point of what they're trying to make here. And Normally, when establishing rent control as to the rent's too damn high, you know, you hear me talk about rent control all the time. Um, this one, uh, this individual, Howard, what's your face? Uh, it's on the thing. Howard Husak, I hope I pronounced your name right, um, is making the argument that perhaps it is time to end the rent control. And he gives the financial reasons for that. Um, being that uh, the fake, uh, rent control is to control the vacancy rate, but now with issues of Landlords not being able to put tenants into the units and tenants not even being able, being able to find units because uh, the landlords are withholding it and they're withholding it because they have a, they're afraid that the new tenant's not going to be able to go in there and pay them the rent or will purposely withhold the rent. And then in the case of landlords, and including commercial landlords, um, fearing about the, uh, the uh, um, rent collections, the lease collections, one of the best ways to incentivize people to rent is to reduce the restrictions or remove the restrictions or regulations altogether that hinder people from being able to to um, rent out. An example would be a rent control for a tenant property in a rent control city requires fees and they'd be paid to the city just for the mere fact that it's being rented out. So if there's all these other fees that really nobody wants to pay and needs to pay in this kind of um, economic downturn due to a, the coronavirus, it is most prudent for the city to withhold what they're charging so they can incentivize those that sh- that have the resources of the, to make available for housing to be able to do it. 
even if it's temporary, New York should at least practice that and see where it goes. That's the argument that Howard Husak, who is a, uh, a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute, is arguing here. Because if they can remove the regulations, which includes the building restrictions, then builders will be able to build housing for people that need it. So basically, that's the way the news grows. These two articles that I'm going to be addressing are basically in tandem because they address the the state of the housing market. So the topic for setting the record straight is the the state of the housing market. I'm going to be using two articles to address this. One of them is from the Wall Street Journal. While home prices are rising during the pandemic. What? Yes, you heard right. Rising during the pandemic. And the other one I can't show you because this is uh, for Business Insider Prime users. Um, this is... Uh, it's called the state of uh, uh, the housing market in mid-May in the midst of the pandemic. Um, just to give you some of the bullet points from this article from uh, Business Insider, three months into the coronavirus pandemic, lockdowns are easing and people are starting to look at housing they could buy. But there's a problem. A new report by Realtor.com analyzed data for the week ending of May 16 and found that days on the market, new listing inventories and total inventories were all down on a year-over-year basis. But medium listing prices were still on a slightly upward trend. The buyer interest shows early signs of improvement. Amid a historic pandemic and unemployment crisis, cheap houses just aren't available right now. Which leads me to this. The reason this is important, and I want to take California out of the equation, okay? Taking California out of the equation and looking at this grand scheme of things about what's happened in the rest of the country. The almost permanent lockdowns that it seems that New, that New York is going through. I'm not going to argue about the lockdowns, okay? I'm just going to talk about what's going on. Those that were able to flee left to Florida. Most people that leave New York for some reason end up going to Florida anyway. There's no income tax there, and it's, uh, it seems to be senior retirement housing down there. But the situation is this, because this is thing happening here in California. People are waiting for the lockdowns to be lifted, because they're getting ready to move out of the state. The properties that have been moving like crazy and there's been bidding wars for them, as the ones that I've been involved with and I mentioned, are vacant. They're scooping them up like hotcakes. They don't last long in the market. I've been shocked. Like, seriously shocked. But what doesn't surprise me is that those that invested in stock took the money out of their stocks to go invest in real estate. I addressed and rebuffed an article from Forbes of some guy whose job it is just to scare the hell out of you. Literally, that's his job. He was talking about the collapse of the housing industry and that here it comes. It's primed to happen. And he was been saying this for 18 months or more, whatever. He said, yep, here it comes. It's time to housing 2.0. And I mentioned debunking him. It will be 3.0, not 2.0. But what he was referring to isn't coming to pass. The opposite is happening. Because I have said, the only thing that will steer us through this crisis and save our economy is the housing market. And yes, it's taking a hit. And we all knew it was going to take a hit. It's taking a hit from a way I never saw possible. People not being able to pay their mortgages. Because the government told not to go to work. Losing your job is one thing. Not being able to go to work is a whole other thing. And then the government encouraging you to get a forbearance without really looking into it? Holy smokes, man. Yeah, there's been a lot that's gone into that. But anyway, I don't want to get into the whole ranting of things. I just want to simply uh, tell you that housing is getting us out of this. And the activity on the market has been really weird. 
because sellers aren't really pushing their prices down. Because now the question is, what is what do days on market even mean anymore? If you have one month, two months, three months that you cannot show your house legally because the government won't let you show your house, that real estate wasn't considered an essential service, and it is. If you can't show your house, what do those 90 days mean? Nothing. Because when you're going to buy a house, you want to see the house that's gone to the market. If one of the hot ones, like, look, it's just at the market. Let's go check it before someone else scoops it up. What does it mean now if you see a house it's like, hey, it's been on the market for 90 days. What's the reason there? Is the seller unreasonable? Is there something wrong with the house? How many offers have they gotten? Is it in the bad neighborhood? Then you go check it. Nothing wrong with it. So then what's the deal? What's taking so long? Then you find out, well, it's been three months since the government shut down. And we haven't been able to show it at all. You're the first in three months. So what does days on market mean anymore? First off, it's going to make my job a lot more difficult to weed out which are the good and the bad deals. But it's also telling that this is a lot of uncertainty in how this will affect overall. Because normally, summer is the hot time of season to shop. But what does it mean now if we lost about two months of the housing market due to COVID? Will they be tacked on later? Because people that are going back to work now may not have the finances to buy yet because they have to recoup their savings because they spent it during the lockdown because they didn't get any unemployment assistance. They didn't get any stimulus checks. So what then? Are they going to recover and then try to go buy? And what then when they're able to go buy and then they find out that their credit's been damaged because they took a forbearance to try to save on money and they didn't need to? And I was like, oh, well, why, do I, why do I have a hit on my credit? So there's a lot of things there. One of the things to make note about the housing market, what it was before, during, and now what it's looking like to be after. The housing market was off to a strong start at the beginning of this year before coming to a screeching halt. This is again from Business Insider. Despite a drop in inventory and buyer activity, house prices have remained sturdy. Yes, and early data shows buyer interest returning to the market, but bargains are hard to find. So that's got to be really telling. That bargains are really hard to find. And in California, where things are being scooped up in cash, no banks are involved. Man, that's crazy. So what is the state of the real estate? Steady. Of course, some places are harder to hit than others. But generally speaking, it's steady and it's recovering. And it will get us out of this crisis. But we need more of you to be able to go back to work soon and safely to be able to address all this. Whatever housing collapse that was being predicted, and if it did happen, it wouldn't have been because of whatever they were predicting. This unprecedented times, unprecedented things, and seeing people out there still buying. It gives me hope. It gives me joy to know that not all is lost. And also to be reminded that life goes on. One of the things that, uh, let me switch over to, to this now. Uh, check out my book. It's a history book. I'll actually delve into that. Check out my, my episode where I interview myself about this one so you can learn more about the book. But one thing I just want to close out in saying is that life never stopped. And we get stark reminders that um, that there are other things happening in this world. Um, I know things got really shaken up recently. I haven't weighed in on it on my show, and I, this is not where I intend to do it. Um, but it's it's also a reminder that uh, that the aftermath of... The pursuit of justice needs to be calm, cool, and measured. Because tearing society apart is the opposite 
of the goal to bring justice and peace. So whoever you are, wherever you are, however you're watching or listening, I want to thank you for tuning into my program to listen to me cover headline news here. And also, uh, you know, just for just spending time with me. Because in a way, I tuned into the people just to spend time with them too. Uh, even though we're not really interacting, but you're listening to me out, I do find that like we're spending time together. So in a way, we're connecting. So I do thank you for that. It's really... Um, makes you feel involved in some way to bring you some kind of digest or distraction um, for the day or to inform you about your decisions and choices, especially in the world of real estate. So I hope you are well. I hope you're safe. I hope you're healthy. And I wish for you and yours all the best. That's it for this episode of the Andrew Segovia Show. Remember to like, share, subscribe, stand and know. Follow me across all the socials. I will become active again in Twitter. I've been a little bit of uh, hit or miss because of cesspool of things there, but I am becoming more active there. And stay tuned because there are other things happening. But most of all, listen to my off-the-record episode because you're going to find out a lot more about what's coming for those that join off-the-record. That's it for this one. I'll see you in the next one.